Well, good morning. We, uh, we had a family to visit us a couple of weeks ago when I spoke, and I explained to them the pastor was out of the town and that I was filling in for him, and they didn't come last week, and they came back this week. <laughs> and he asked me, he said, do you guys really have a pastor? I, you know, and I tried to assure him that we do, but yeah, pray for Brother Hardy, uh, and thank you for not leaving. Appreciate that. Appreciate the encouragement from my son, the fruit of my loins. Wow. Anyway, but uh, yeah, thank you for not for not <laughs> for not leaving. It's it, you know it's you expect to have the pastor here, and and uh, you know it's like going to somebody's house for for dinner and expecting you know roast beef and mashed potatoes and getting beanie weenie. So. <laughs> You're stuck with the beanie weenie, but if you're hungry, beanie weenie can be good. So I hope you're hungry. If you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, just a, an announcement, if you would. We uh, dealt with 169 families Friday, passing out food. And uh, we, we keep talking about buy one, get one. And the problem with that is that's if you go shopping at Publix. I don't go shopping at Publix. I go buy a sandwich at Publix, but I don't go shopping at Publix. I'm strictly a, a Sam's and, and Walmart guy. So what we'd like you to do is, is just when you go shopping, if you would just pick up a couple of canned goods, a couple of cans of vegetables or a couple of cans of soup or a couple of boxes of macaroni and cheese or whatever, and, and bring it in and put it back there on the table. If everybody did that, we'd have a couple of hundred cans back there that we can give out on a Friday. Understand that what we get, we get from the, the, the food bank. We have a, a missionary that deals with that and brings that stuff to us. And sometimes we get some stuff that, that's, you know, that's good, it's healthy, but most of it is sugar. And when I say sugar, I mean it's sugar. And, and, uh, but, uh, you know, we had a guy come through uh, last week, and, and he said, boy, he says, you guys really loaded us up on sugar last week. And I, I started to apologize. I said, well, you know, sir, I said, I, I, I'm sorry. I said, but we can only give out what, what we have. And, and uh, I said, you know, we get what we get. And he said, oh, no, no, no. He said, I'm not apologizing. He said, my kids love it. Give me some more. Give me some more. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a valid ministry. And, and so if you can help us out with that, just buy. We're not asking you to go to Sam's and buy a case of, of green beans or a case of this or a case of that. Just pick up a couple of cans when you go grocery shopping, put them in a bag, put them back there. And then rest assured, they will go out uh, on Friday. Uh, and uh, we'll help the, uh, those that come in and, and do that. We did 169 uh, this past week, and uh, it was great being out there, and, and uh, so just pray for us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong and in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts uh, of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. 
Now, I'd like to tell you this morning that if you're here this morning and you're saved this morning, I've got news for you. You're in a battle. You may not want to be, but you are. Because when you got saved, when you became a Christian, you were, born, you were, you were drafted. You were drafted into the Lord's army, and uh, that's just the, the way it is. Uh, our battle is a spiritual battle on a spiritual level. And uh, just to, to, to let you know, uh, again, you're in God's military. You didn't have any choice, and there were no exceptions. Um, salvation and enlistment go hand in hand. There are no student deferments. Uh, there are no medical releases. There are no excuses accepted. Hello, you have been drafted, and you're part of the Army. Um, I remember when I joined the Navy um, from Massachusetts originally. Don't hold that for me. I didn't, from me, I didn't have a, any choice about that, uh, but I uh, wanted to be near my mother. But, uh, so, uh, but uh, we went to the AFI Center in Boston, uh, and, and the AFI Center was where we got inducted in. And uh, I joined the Navy. Uh, they were sending them by the thousands to Vietnam at that time, and, and I decided I'd rather have uh, three warm meals and, and a warm bed uh, than a, a foxhole and a rifle, and so I joined the Navy. And, uh, but it could have gone. I could have gone. Uh, I was a cook, and we had Navy cooks that got detached to Marine detachments, so I could have gone and, and would have gone. But, but I'm not debating that, but what I'm saying is we went to the AFI Center, and, and the AFI Center was just this huge, huge, huge auditorium, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of seats. And it had areas all marked up. They had the Navy down over here and the Air Force over there and the Army over there and the Coast Guard over here. And then the great big, huge, huge center in the middle was all the draftees. And you got to remember, that was in the 60s, so it was interesting to see who was coming in and getting drafted. And, and so this sergeant came out, and he was probably the biggest, hugest thing I've ever seen in all my life. And he, uh, he sounded like the biggest, hugest thing I'd ever heard in all my life. And he lined them up. He said, if you're here for drafting, line up. And he lined them up all the way around the outside. And he gave them all a number. One, two, three, four, five. And he gave them all the way around, all the way around the whole place. He wanted to give them all night. He said, now, if I call your number, I want you to go right through that door because you're in the Marine Corps. Now, they all figured they were going in the Army because they got drafted. When you get drafted, you get drafted into the armed forces. Makes no difference. And they got drafted. They weren't real happy with that. But they went. Now listen, if you're here this morning, you're saved this morning, you're in God's army. We all joined at salvation. You're in it for life. There's no retirement. Now Paul here is giving his army some instructions, some directions. Now more or less, a spiritual boot camp. Getting you ready for what was to come, the battle. Notice the command there that we see in verse number 10. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. Strength comes from exercise. Strength comes from exercise. You don't just get up one morning after 30 years of idleness and say, I think I'll be strong today. Okay? doesn't work that way. Strength comes from exercise. It doesn't just happen. Physical exercise is good. You should be getting physical exercise. As I look around the auditorium, I can see that some of you get physical exercise. Some of you, let's move on, uh, because it's just not, it's not, it's not pleasant, all right, okay? Uh, but physical exercise is, is, is good, and, 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 and I'm talking about uh, physical exercise. That, that, that's, that's not running to the refrigerator during commercial time. That's, that's not physical exercise, but good, healthy physical exercise. Uh, 
If, if, if you haven't met Arthur yet, you will. The older you get, eventually he shows up. Arthur. Last name is Ritus. All right? Put it together. You'll figure it out, okay? The more you exercise, the better you will be. Paul isn't talking here about physical exercise, but he's talking about spiritual exercise, spiritual strength, your spiritual body, your mind. In Philippians chapter 4, in uh, verse uh, let's see, verse number 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Be careful what you put into your mind. Be careful what you allow to go into your mind. You're much better off reading God's word. You're much better off spending time in prayer. You're much better off exercising faith. Faith is a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. Be strong in the Lord, Paul said. Exercise. Exercise your mind. Not Don't be strong in, in, in each other. Fellowship is good. But I'm not going to be strong and depend on your strength for my strength. I need to depend on the Lord. Not, don't don't, don't uh, uh, be strong in each other. Don't be strong in yourself, but be strong in the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 3, let me get over there real quick. And uh, some of you are already there because you have electronic Bibles. If I had an electronic Bible up here, that would be the biggest joke. Yeah, I'd never get anywhere. I'd still be trying to turn it on. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's where our strength comes from, our spiritual strength to, to, to do the job, to fight the spiritual warfare. It's not the world. It's not your employer. It's not your abilities uh, to, to, to make money, or, or it's not you yourself, but it's the Lord. The Lord's where you're going to get your strength from. Paul's command is to be strong in the Lord. Then we see the criteria in verse number 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We must be prepared to fight. Satan has not retired Satan is not laying down on the job. Satan knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what to do. And he's got a lot of people, trillions. Our, our present uh, population of the world is about what? Seven trillion, I think, somewhere around there. Seven billion? Seven trillion. Seven billion. Seven trillion. Wow. Seven billion people. How many of those, the greatest percentage of them, are lost? You know why? They've been fooled by the devil. They've been fooled by the devil. You don't send an army into battle without the proper equipment and preparation. The key word in verse number 11 there is to put on the whole armor of God. Not just a, a rifle or not just a helmet or not just a backpack, but the whole thing. Use it all, the whole armor of God. In verse 14, it says, Stand, for, stand therefore having your loins good about with truth. With truth, know the truth. We need to know what we believe. 
And it's not good enough to say, this is what we believe. Well, how do you know? Well, the preacher said so. No, no. We need to know what the Bible says. I don't care what the politicians say. I don't care what the scientists say. I don't care what the educated crowd says. All I care about is what does God say? What does God say about it? Uh, my son was talking about creation. I, you know, and it really does. It takes more faith to believe in the Big Bang Theory than to believe in biblical creation. That, that, that one, one, one molecule of, of male molecule found a female molecule, gas molecule, and they fell in love and, and hugged, and, and it got so hot that, that, that it exploded, and the world was there. Boy, isn't that exciting. One day, an old slimy snail decided to crawl out of the swamp and put on a three-piece suit and go to McDonald's for lunch, and we've been going to McDonald's ever since. Really? Really? No, no, no. Be sure you know the truth. That's, you know, that's where our Sunday school classes come in. What am I, I, I'm teaching doctrine in my Sunday school. What is doctrine? What we believe. What we believe. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. What we believe and why we believe it. Biblical doctrine. Boy, be careful. Uh, may I talk about this? Before? Be careful what you're watching. Just because they say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus doesn't mean they're of Jesus. Just because they say Christian, Christian, Christian doesn't mean they're really Christian. Be careful. There's a lot, a lot of false doctrine out there. Boy, before you say, thus saith the Lord, you better make sure the Lord said it. You're heading on thin ice. Make sure that you're standing on biblical doctrine, not principle. Not principle. Not preference. We have, we have churches out there that have preferences. Oh, you have to have church at a certain time, and you have to have this at a certain time, and, 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 and you, you, God forbid that you'd have green chairs in your auditorium. That's not even biblical. I'll tell you what, when it came time to paint the auditorium, pastor asked me, no, he didn't ask me, he told me, so you need to paint the auditorium. I said, okay. And they brought in the paint, and I started painting. And I got that one wall done over there. I started over there. I started coming around. And I got that one wall done. And I said, really? Gray? You have, I'm telling my, I'm talking to myself. Because Cynthia and my daughter-in-law chose this paint. And I said, I might as well just put a gun in my head right now to go to them and complain about the color. But I said, just shut up and put it on. And I shut up and put it on. And after I got it all done, I said, man, that really looks good. Now, my preference was not gray. But make sure when you're dealing biblical doctrine, you're not dealing preference. You're not dealing times of services and how we do things and so forth and so on. No, when you're dealing Bible doctrine, make sure it's what the Bible says. We all have our own preferences, but we need to know the truth of the Word of God. Be sure you are protected by the truth. John 8, 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It's the truth of the Word of God. What does the world need today? We don't need another politician. We don't need another song. We don't need another movie. We don't need another electronic communication device. God have mercy. No, what the world needs today is the gospel, the truth of the word of God. That's what they need. 
Now notice the second part of that verse. And having the, press pl- the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 11, the Bible says, Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. All righteousness is of God. All righteousness is of God. Isaiah 64, 6 says, All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in God's sight. All our righteousnesses. What is that? All the good things that we do are as filthy rags in God's sight, let alone what our sin must be like. All our righteousnesses. We are all as an unclean thing. We are righteous less. Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10, uh, verse number 10, there is none righteous. No, not one. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 17, it says, There is none good. If you're sitting there this morning, you figure you're going to get to heaven because you've been a pretty good guy. You better wake up. Because there is none righteous. All our righteousness are as filthy rags. You became righteous when you became saved. You became righteous when God saved you. When you called out a hymn by faith and he saved you, that's when you became righteous. You became righteous at salvation. Have on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate protects all of your vital organs. Our breastplate is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is his righteousness that we wear. When God looks down at us and sees a saved child of the king, he sees his son's righteousness, not our own. Not our own. Notice verse number 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Preparation is the key. That's where Bible teaching and Bible study come in. Sunday school is a good place for that. See, I'm pushing Sunday school this morning. We got a ladies' class in the back. We got a pastor's class over there. We got the uh, mixed group class here. Uh, We got kids' class. I mean, come on and study the word of God with us. You might find out something. You might say, oh, gee, I never heard that before. Oh. Be careful of that. <laughs> yeah. you better make sure, thus saith the Lord. Better make sure, thus saith the Lord. No, no. Sunday school is a good place to start with that. Know what you believe and believe what you know. The cults do. The cults do. Our friends across the street at this Kingdom Hall, they know what they believe. They're sincere. They're sincerely wrong, but they're sincere. Their doctrine is an error. That's the key to the whole thing, is doctrine. Know what you believe. Be prepared with the gospel of Christ. In verse number 16, it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, we're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take on the shield of faith and quench all the fiery darts. Those darts that Satan uses are doubts. The Bible is replete with God's promises 
Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Look out for the fiery darts, the doubt of the word of God. Well, I don't know if I really believe that or not. Romans 4, verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. What he had promised, he is able to perform. Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, he said all your need, not all your greed, but all your need. Yeah? You know, Satan, one of Satan's biggest darts that he throws is doubting your salvation. Doubting your salvation. Matter of fact, I'm getting ready to teach a doctrine in my Sunday school class called the security of the believer. You ought to come and listen to that. I dealt with that way, way back when, when I first got saved, was the doubting of my salvation. Boy, I had a battle with that. I just, I, I fought that thing for a long, long time until I finally got that thing settled down. And buddy, I'll tell you what, that was one of the best things I ever did was get that thing settled down. Am I really, really saved? Now, some of you might look and say, I don't know. I, yeah, that's okay because God looks on the heart, not on the outside, and that works out real well for me, right? Doubting your salvation. That's one of the key darts that he uses. Getting that settled in your mind and in your heart. You're either saved or you're not saved. Understand that, folks. There's no in-between the road. There's no maybe. There's no I hope so. There's no I guess so. There's no I think so. No, no. 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye may know, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. That word know in the Greek is the Greek word gnosko, experiential knowledge, that ye may experientially know that ye have eternal life. God wants you to experientially know that you have eternal life. I've never had a child. My wife has, but I never have. Now, I can tell her, I love you. I can tell her, gee, I'm glad you had our two children. But I cannot tell her, I know what you went through. You know why? Because I didn't experience it. Thank God. Men, you ought to be shouting, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank God. I'll never know that. Thank God. I'll never experience what it is to have a child. But I do know experientially that I'm saved. God wants us to know. And I can stand before you this morning based upon the promises of the word of God, not by my actions, not by who I am, what I have, what I've done, what I have done, so forth and so on, but based upon the knowledge of the word of God and my faith in the Bible and my faith in the word of God, I can stand before you this morning and say, I know that I'm saved. You can't talk me out of it. The devil can't talk me out of it because I know that I'm saved. I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. My faith is not in a work. My faith is in the promises of the Word of God. It's this book that'll get you secure in your salvation. It's this book 
understanding his promises concerning salvation, basing it on his promises, not what you do or say, not what I do or say, but his promises. If the devil can get the troops to question the orders of the commander-in-chief, he has won a major victory. Stick with the book. You won't go wrong. You won't go wrong. Stick with the book. I don't care if it's popular or not. I don't care what the religious crowd has to say about it. I don't care if they think it's out of date. My Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not out of date. He's not out of date. My word is eternal, God said. God wrote, I'm staying with it. Don't doubt it. Read it. Study it. Protect yourself because of the word of God. Notice verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. The helmet protects the most vital part, your mind. Your mind. If Satan can't have your body, if he can't have your soul, he'll take your mind. And boy, there's a lot of mental illness going on out there today, especially with this whole COVID thing, and everybody being locked down and cramped down and closed up. They say, they say that, that suicides are soaring. There's 40% increases in suicides in some cities in our country. Mental illness. Listen, protect your mind. Be careful what you allow to get into your mind. Be careful what you allow to dwell upon in your mind. Protect your mind with the word of God. Look at verse number 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Uh, and, uh, wait a minute, I missed, okay, yeah, I, I skipped, ladies, where you at, you fought, you with me, yeah. okay, <laughs> you ought to see Wednesday night, it's a circus, I read a whole chapter Wednesday night, and it was the wrong chapter, well, actually, it was the right chapter number-wise, just the wrong book, you know, and as I'm reading it, I'm saying to myself, that just doesn't sound right, how are you going to make that fit into what you're saying? I'll, I'll work, and then I realized I was in Matthew, and I was supposed to be in Mark. And they usually helped me out, but they, they, they didn't there. I'm, I'm, be, wait, bear with me, folks. I'm old. Give me a chance. I'm on the Where am I here? I lost my place. I have totally lost where I am. Oh, there it is. Okay. All right, verse 17, again, the helmet of salvation. Uh, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, the Word of God is an offensive weapon. Now, I didn't say the Word of God is offensive. It's an offensive weapon. It's not a defensive weapon. I don't defend my faith. I won't debate the Bible with somebody. You know why? Because the Bible is true. The Bible is the Word of God. I'm not going to debate that with anybody. Now, if somebody wants to know what the Bible says, I'll tell them what the Bible says. If they don't want to know what the Bible says, we don't have a whole lot of common stuff to talk about when it comes to spiritual matters. I won't debate religion with them. I won't debate whether they're right or wrong. I just give them the truth because the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. The truth of the Word of God, the sword of the Word of God. The Word of God is an offensive weapon. It's not a defensive weapon. It's the only offensive weapon that we need. So we see the command, and we see the criteria. 
Then we see the confrontation in verse number 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Our battle that we are in the army for is a spiritual one. It is not against flesh and blood. It is against powers and principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. It is not my neighbor. It is not the person I work with. It's not the political crowd. It's not the religious crowd. Our enemy is Satan. He's powerful. He's cunning. He's sly. The Bible says that he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He'll devour you if you let him. If not, he'll devour your family if you let him. If not, he'll devour your children if you let him. But he will devour whom he wishes to devour if you allow him to. He's not some funny little guy in horns and a pitchfork in red underwear running around stabbing everybody like a little clown, a little jokester, because that's exactly what he wants you to think he is. Think that he's just some little imp that doesn't really cause any problems at all. Hey, remember, he said, I will be God. He's not a fool. He's got a plan. He's got a program. He has already lost, and he knows it. And he's going to take as many with him as he possibly can. And he's being very, very successful at it. The Bible says broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Narrow is the way that leadeth to eternal life. And few there be that find it. Broad is the way. Look around you. Look at how many people are here. You want to go out to any of these docks out here and check out how many boats are there? Go oh, see how much boats are out on the water today? You're surely not in church. Huh? Think about it. The population of this community and who we have here, our population that we have here, and thank God for each one of you. <laughs> but the general majority are not interested in God or godly things. The Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. The Bible says there is no truth in him. That's an interesting verse. No truth in him. If I was he was a liar from the beginning, he's the father of lies, and there is no truth in him. That word no in the original Greek language is an absolute verb. In other words, it means absolutely no truth in him at all. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. Everything. Look at Hollywood. Is that a lie? Okay, well, no, well, let's get the truth. We'll go to the internet. God forbid. Is that a truth? Everything he says is a lie. If you put on a certain makeup, the wrinkles will disappear. Hey, you know what? If the barn needs painting, paint it. But in some cases, there's just not enough paint in the world. You know, I mean, gosh. I'm not saying you ought not to fix yourself. That's not what I'm saying at all. But look at the lies. Look at the lies. If you drive a certain car or you dress a certain way, you'll be successful. Huh? Remember those books? Success and how I attained it. And for $14.95, I'll send you a copy. Yeah, dress for success. 
world's got a funny idea of what's successful. Understand, there is no truth in him. His worldly philosophies, his ungodliness, Satan is our enemy. Then we see the challenge in verse number 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And having done all, to stand. Put on the armor of God, and once you've got all the armor of God on, and you're prepared and you're ready, stand. If ever we needed Christians to stand for the truth today, stand for the truth. We fall for everything else, we might as well stand for the truth. Stand, not sit, not run away. If you notice the armor that's there, you know, all that armor that you have to put on, the, 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 the helmet and the shield and the breastplate and all that stuff, your back is not covered. You know why? Because there's no running away. You're in a battle, folks, whether you like it or not. You're, you're drafted, and the battle is upon us, and you can't run away. You can't run away. There's no lying down. You don't give in to his lies. There's no rest, but stand. And having done all, to stand. A person who is standing is ready to fight. A person who is standing is ready to defend the truth. A person who is standing is ready to jump in the midst of the battle. We are in the Lord's army today, right now. If you're saved, you've been drafted. Question is, what kind of soldier are you? Are you in the battle? Or are you on the sidelines? Maybe you're on the wrong side. If you're not in God's army, which army are you in? We've been called to the army. We've been drafted into God's army. And folks, mark it down. It's not going to get any better. Look at what's going on in our world today. Not just our country, the world. Weather anomalies that are happening all over the place. Crazy weather that's happening. Snow where it shouldn't be snowing. Warm where it shouldn't be warm. Volcanoes coming to life that shouldn't be coming to life. I can't hardly wait for hurricane season. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this book here, I read the last book. We win. We win. But between now and then, there's going to be battles. There's going to be battles. There's going to be battles in our own country, battles internationally. And along the line, we're going to get right in the middle of it. And we're going to be the cause of the battle eventually. They're going to look at us and say, there's the problem. There's the problem. That's why when the rapture of the church comes and we're taken out of here and the Christians are all gone, the true believers, the true Christians are all gone, they're going to sit back and relax and say, wow, trouble's all gone now. We're all gone now. But we're on the winning side, folks. We need to act like it. We are a child of the king. We need to live like it. And we're in the army. We need to fight like it. What side are you on this morning? Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the day. Thank you, Father, for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that we are able to battle.
for you. And Father, the spiritual battle is one that you will undertake for us. The spiritual battle is one that you will energize us for. Help us, Lord, to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to study the word of God that we might know the truth, that we might behold that truth and hang on to that truth because, Lord, there's a day coming when that's all we're going to have is the truth of the word of God. And if we're not strong in that truth, if we're not strong in our doctrine, we will fall by the wayside. We'll become injured and hurt by the battle. Help us, Lord, now bless our invitation. Let those respond that need to. Let those come that have a need. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?